Hi, this is Think Queerly, and I'm your host, Darren Steele. I'm a coach, a writer, a thinker, and on the podcast, I share my development of human-hearted leadership based in neuroscience and my ongoing study of the Tao Te Ching to cultivate an equitable humanity of acceptance, freedom, and joy. So if you want to look at the world differently, you've definitely come to the right place. Now, today's episode is called Radical Humility, an antidote to Donald Trump's arrogance and self-importance. Lessons from the Tao Te Ching, verse 24. Now, I certainly don't want to disappoint you, but this is not going to be a rant. It's not going to be a contentious podcast. Rather, I'm at verse 27 at the moment of my um, contemplation and research into the Tao Te Ching. And when I read verse 24 the other day, as I was making my notes, I, I just couldn't help but see the the links, the parallels, and the truth of what was being expressed in the Tao Te Ching. You know, that's 2,700 odd years old and how little, in one sense, we have changed as, as human beings in the sense of our our behaviors and our behaviors, good and bad, and the repercussions that those have. So let's just get right into it. There's really no better example of insecurity and exaggerated self-importance as well as egocentricity than Donald Trump. I mean, I think that would be pretty hard for somebody to try and argue that he's none of those things. Now, we know from multiple reports that, you know, Donald Trump is most likely a narcissist and a sociopath, and those would very much be behavioral characteristics of someone the egocentricity, the exaggerated self-importance of someone who's a sociopath and a narcissist. Now, in and of itself, that's that's just what it is, being narcissistic or a sociopath. But give a person with those behavioral challenges immense power. And we have a problem. So let me paint a picture of arrogance and the harm that it causes humanity when it is left unchecked through the wisdom, through the lens of the Tao Te Ching, specifically verse 24 and how it speaks to humility. And humility is one of the six principles of my human-hearted leadership, and I'll mention that again later. So the book of the Tao Te Ching is known for its metaphor and paradox and dualities in how it expresses nature, the natural world, the natural order of things and reality. And sometimes people find it very confusing trying to understand these relationships between things like good and bad within the relative nature of the universe. And they might wonder, well, isn't the Tao Te Ching just saying, you know, these things arise and then they pass and, you know, in and of themselves, they really don't mean much. No, the, the Tao Te Ching certainly does express the dualities that we witness in nature that are not 
conscious in the sense, as human beings are, where we are thinking through the lens of beliefs and morals and choices. Let's just say, for simplicity's sake, that nature happens as it does. And there's a lot within our behavior as human beings that that happens very much on an unconscious level because of how our brains are set up to make so many things happen without us having to think about them and choices that we sometimes make without being conscious of them. But we still make a lot of choices that have to be measured within the very large framework of what is good and what is bad. Now, I've talked about in some past podcasts and articles, especially when arguments are happening or you see these kinds of arguments happening online and social media, that we tend to look at polarities only from the extreme ends. And it means we miss the middle. We ignore that both sides of a duality or a polarity, they require a middle ground to exist. They require the place to arise from because good can't exist without bad. We can't understand the one without the other. Bad is understood in relation to good. And so in the context of today's episode, to understand humility We must also be understanding of its relationship with arrogance. And the so-called author, or who's attributed as being the writer of the Tao Te Ching, Lao Tzu, is not hesitant to say what would be called despicable human behavior in, in, in the hearts and minds of those who cultivate the Tao, those who practice the teachings that are found in the Tao Te Ching and who lead themselves with personal integrity, personal responsibility, and with an ethical conscientiousness that's in harmony with the natural order of things. In the Tao Te Ching, these people would be called the sage or the enlightened one, you know, terms that you'll see in many other so-called spiritual texts. And today we might call that person enlightened or wise, or as I like to say, a human-hearted leader. Now in nature, there's this constant cycle of birth and death, birth, life, death, birth, life, death, death. And we see how nature self-regulates. A lightning bolt strikes a dry forest and a huge, huge amount of it burns down. But then in the cooling of the forest, suddenly bacteria and other small foliage begins to grow and certain kinds of animals and insects come in and start feeding off um, what has happened to the forest, and then the forest regrows. But sometimes, as humans, we observe what happens in the natural world, and we think that, well, this is negative, this is bad, this is not good. But nature is. Nature has its cycle. Perhaps there's some sort of a conscious element, but that's a whole other discussion in philosophy. Whereas human beings have ethical and moral choices to make. 
In nature, we don't have ethical or moral choices. They just happen. So as human beings, we witness behaviors that are problematic and detrimental to our unity, to our collectivity, to our physical and social and emotional well-being as individuals, countries, and for the planet. So the behaviors like egocentricity and self-importance, when taken to the absolute extreme, and when given almost absolute power, like what Donald Trump has. But throughout history, we've seen the negative repercussions of this in every inequality imaginable, like unsustainable capitalism, wealth disparity, racism, religious fundamentalism, colonialism, oligarchies, poverty, homelessness, and the complete disregard for the ecological health of our planet without which, as human beings, we won't have a place to live. So let's get back to this mutual, mutually arising duality of humility and egocentricity. <clears throat> and just hold in the back of your mind another duality, generosity and greed. Because greed is the thing that is driving capitalism, which is also driving power, which is driving this need, for example, of Donald Trump wanting to try and take over the United States for his own personal benefit. So there's another duality, and that is the one between leadership and politics. And some politicians are exceptional leaders, you know. Others... Well, they put themselves into the position of politics for self-aggrandizement, for personal gain, for power, for control. And Trump has assumed this latter role. He's an example of someone who is a significant danger to an equanimous and peaceful humanity. He's just recently not made the statement that he will allow a peaceful transition of power should he lose the popular vote. Now, the following lines from the 24th verse of the Tao Te Ching, and this is Derek Lin's translation, speak eloquently and directly to this destructive arrogance and egocentricity of Donald Trump. So I quote, those who flaunt themselves are not clear. Those who presume themselves are not distinguished. Those who praise themselves have no merit. Those who boast about themselves do not last. Just think about that for a second. I'm going to read it again and now think specifically about Donald Trump's public behavior as president in his TV reality show, The Apprentice. Those who flaunt themselves are not clear. Those who presume themselves are not distinguished. So presume in themselves in the sense of thinking they're better than everybody else. Those who praise themselves have no merit. Those who boast themselves do not last. I think it would be enough for me to say that if you've seen a single video 
of Trump talking, or if you watched the first presidential debate between Biden and Trump on the 29th of September on 2020, he's the poster child for arrogance and self-righteousness. And as clearly described in, in the four lines I just read from the Tao. Now, two verses later, verse 26, in the Thomas Cleary translation, we're asked a rhetorical question about the serious responsibility of those individuals in positions of great leadership and power. Namely, what happens when a leader does not have a stable sense of self? And I quote, What can be done about heads of state who take the world lightly in their own self-interest? Lack of gravity loses servants of state. Instability loses heads of state. I'll read it again. What can be done about heads of state who take the world lightly in their own self-interest? Now, great question, right? Here we have Donald Trump, who's a head of state, who's taking the world absolutely for his own self-interest, his self-aggrandizement, for the protection of his wealth, for the protection of not releasing his tax returns, for the protection of all the women who have filed against him, saying that he raped them or touched them inappropriately, and on and on. A lack of gravity loses servants of state. So gravity in the sense of a lack of grounding, a lack of responsibility and attention to the seriousness of a position of great power and leadership, especially of a country, will mean the people that are working for the president or the prime minister will lose their respect, will quit, will resign, will walk away. And instability loses heads of state. So we are at this place of great instability right now. I say we, I'm Canadian, not American, but it is a perilous moment just a month away from the election. And as of the recording of, of, of this episode, which is actually Monday, October the 5th, Donald Trump refused to remain in hospital while ill with COVID-19, and he has potentially exposed multiple people to the deadly virus, all for his egotistical purpose of being seen inside a bulletproof window for a presidential motorcade to demonstrate his grip on power. That he needs to make such a display just echoes the the four lines of the Tao that I just read to you. So what is the alternative to disruptive and destructive arrogance? Humility is one of the core teachings found in the Tao Te Ching that comes up again and again, and it's one of the six 
principles that support the philosophy I'm creating of human-hearted personal leadership. Now, I don't believe it's far-fetched to claim that much of the world is suffering from an extreme lack of humility. In The Tao of Leadership, John Hyder writes the following, All these behaviors come from insecurity. They feed insecurity. Consider this. When you think you are so good, what are you comparing yourself with? God? Or your own insecurities? So it's a very dangerous situation when we have someone in such a high place of power. We tend to call that leadership, but Donald Trump is not a leader. Donald Trump is just in a high place of power. That is not only his insecurities, but it creates massive insecurities for the entire country and the world. And this, this, this rise to power for Donald Trump is not something that was just his making. He kind of coasted along in some ways by many individuals that have been working probably for decades to clear obstacles and the resistance And I'm going to provide a link in the article that um, will be in the show notes to somebody else on Medium who's done a, a number of great research-based articles about how the United States got to this point. He's much better equipped at sharing this information than I am. Now, Trump's rise to power was and is still supported by many American voters who themselves live in insecurity, live with arrogance, or both, a lack of humility. And that is the perfect social strata for populism to take hold. So to cultivate a more equitable and loving humanity, we need to collectively practice what I call the six principles of human-hearted leadership. I've mentioned that humility is one of the core lessons in the Tao Te Ching. Concurrently, we need to practice compassion, non-contention, flexibility, impartiality, and unity. Now, I speak about this in my article and podcast, What is Human-Hearted Leadership and Why Does It Matter? So you'll be able to find the link if you want to learn more about these principles that I'm developing. But we also have to conscientiously examine our egocentric need to be shamelessly self-righteous in belonging to the right political tribe or the, the correct political ideology that only further creates contention and division amongst us. It's much too easy to just go on the attack on social media, you know, jumping onto someone for their beliefs or adding content to a discussion that has nothing to do with the original message. 
and then you create a straw man argument, which just creates more disagreement. And to mirror arrogance, instead of trying to reduce contention. And the way we do that is by building a bridge of trust and understanding towards that middle ground, that space between the polarities. And it's only from this middle ground that we discover what connects us. Why else would we be arguing or fighting if not for the same thing, but only from a different point of view? So let's consider our human nature in this duality of humility and arrogance. Now, self-awareness and inner approval, which could also be called self-love, personal responsibility, and, and heartfelt convictions, what you really feel to be right, are, are, are very much natural. I won't say they're inborn, but there's something you feel are very much a part of who you are. Self-righteousness, egotistical behavior, is, is the need for external approval and validation from other people that is superfluous, unnecessary, and harmful to the individual and to a healthy, functioning, unified humanity. So to bring these two things together, inner approval, self-love, personal responsibility, inner approval cultivates equanimity equity, and heartfelt connection or the possibility of friendship with other people. Whereas the need for external approval cultivates discord, arrogance, division, and is polarizing. Because the ego is all about me and mine, protecting what's mine and keeping it from you. Or, in all that keeping that's mine and not yours, look at me, look at how great I am, look at how important I am because of all these possessions that I have, be those physical things or be those titles, like President of the United States. So here's my invitation for you to practice human hearted, personal leadership, and specifically humility. Now, I believe that social transformation only starts with personal transformation. You want to be the change in the world? You have to change yourself first. You have to bring yourself to be that change so that others will see you living that, be inspired by that, and follow your lead. So the next time you find that you want to go on the attack, let's say on social media, or you're reading an article on Medium, and you think, this person is wrong. They don't know what they're talking about. Ask yourself the following question. How can I respond in a heartfelt way with compassion and humility 
Here's the question again. How can I respond in a heartfelt way with compassion and humility? See, if you even post that question on a post-it note and put it up on your wall wherever you tend to read social media or articles, look at that question. If you if you are knowingly going to go write a comment, even, even if you're going to give somebody a compliment, just get into the practice. The beautiful thing about asking yourself that question before writing right away is it slows you down. Even if it just slows you down, you might respond instead of react. But once you have your answer to the question, go ahead and type it in, and then practice the impartiality of response. What I mean by that is don't allow your ego to expect or to anticipate a reply. Because that's almost getting ready for a fight. The other person might not be ready to respond in the same way that you just did. They might not even respond at all. They might come back with the same tone, the same level of anger, the same level of frustration, whatever the case may be. And if they do, ask the question again. Okay, so they just responded. Now, how can I respond to their response in a heartfelt way with compassion and humility? So maybe you wish to try again and leave them a new response. Maybe you just want to walk away and leave it. Or respond with a gentle question. A question. Don't make a statement. Practice what I call silent listening. And that's what I talked about in my article about the first principle, non-contention. This is when silence becomes a great strength. Not silence in the sense of not speaking up. Rather, silence practiced as a form of impartial witnessing, of being open to understanding the other person's beliefs, values, and morals as an equalizing practice. And silence allows you to breathe while you're listening to the other person. So you'll develop more possibility of a response as opposed to a reaction. So to wrap up, I'm practicing what I'm teaching. I cannot do this work without doing it first on myself. And as I've been developing these six principles of human-hearted leadership, and I've only shared the one so far, I've got five more that I have to prepare in article and podcast format. I have been practicing them. So I haven't just been practicing non-contention, although that's probably been the most important principle I've had to practice for myself. But I've been practicing humility and impartiality and flexible flexibility and yielding. But I really screwed up last week. Like, I really made a stupid error. And I saw myself doing it. I wrote something. Thankfully, it was in a private um conversation. 
and it was very unfair to the other person. Well, I sat on it for about a day and a half because I knew I needed to apologize, but I wanted it to be both heartfelt and with a very clear explanation. I even wrote it in a way that I completely owned it. So I said, I feel this and this is what is important to me. And I wrote what I wrote because of this thing that means this to me. So I never said you. I never wrote anything in a way that blamed the other person. And I got the most wonderful response back. The person was quite appreciative that I took the time to explain the situation. But that's the thing. Practice makes for improvement. And I've been feeling more centered, more calm and confident in how I approach argument and challenging situations. And it's one step at a time. As I get better at the small stuff, I'm going to get better at the more challenging stuff. And that's how we grow and evolve. My observation so far of all this is is how much so many of us have been conditioned to attack first, myself included, not leading with questions or curiosity or compassion or understanding. Those behaviors that make us our best as human beings. It's only been recently that I changed the way I look at things, resulting in the things I am looking at changing. It's like quantum physics. The nature of a particle changes when you look at it. Well, the nature of your reality changes when you look at reality differently. I'd love to hear how this is working for you. Or if, if you're finding this challenging. Remember that question above. How can I respond in a heartfelt way with compassion and humility? That question is never about the other person. That question is about who you want to be as a human-hearted leader in the moment. Thanks for listening.